0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome in the name of Christ. God's grace, mercy, and peace be with you. Today, on this third Sunday of Lent, we think particularly about the Lord who comes and overturns the tables. It's a great privilege for me to lead through this morning. My name is Chris Russell. I am Archbishop Justin's advisor on evangelism and witness. And here I am in the Lambeth Palace Crypt Chapel on my own, but by the wonders of modern technology, able to be joined by a whole host of friends who will bring wonderful contributions this morning. In a moment, Matt Redman will help us raise our voices in praise. Then, as we're considering this theme of Jesus overturning the tables, we felt constrained to put prayer right at the centre of the service in a couple of places and Primrose and Lindell will guide us in that. Primrose Northrup is an artist and illustrator. Lindell Bywater is a freelance speaker and a writer on prayer. They're part of the Changing Lives Prayer Network in the Canterbury Diocese and they love nothing more than helping people pray in creative ways and I believe they'll do that and it'll be a great gift for us this morning. That others I'll introduce as the service goes on. But today, as I said, we consider the Lord who goes to the temple and overturns tables and we know him to come into his church and overturn the tables and to come into our own lives and turn the tables. And so we open ourselves that he might be free to do that in our lives. After our first song of worship, we'll listen as Sherlon will read the scriptures for us today and tell us something of the change and the disruption that Jesus has brought to his own life. But first, we lift our voices to the Lord who gives us every reason to praise him.
1: A reading from John, chapter 2, verse 13. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple courts he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and others sitting at the table exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal, for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days they replied it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you are going to raise it in three days but the temple he had spoken of was was his body after he was, after he was raised from the dead his disciples recalled what he had said then they believed the scripture that the and the words that jesus had spoken hey friends i've been asked to share a little testimony about how Jesus has um, made a difference in my life. Um, And when I got asked to do this, I was trying to think of all these big, powerful moments that have um, really affected me. But I thought instead I'll share with you um, some of the little ways that Jesus has made a difference in my day to day life. Before I started going to church, I had quite a bad temper and it would take very little for me to get angry. But through worship and prayer and having that personal relationship with God, I find comfort and peace, and that overweighs my stress and anger. The biggest thing for me growing up was probably my lack of confidence and self-esteem, never believing I was good or important enough to do anything or be anyone. And this affected how I looked at life, and sometimes I still struggle today. But through knowing God's love and kindness and trusting in his promises, I find my confidence in him.
0: Thank you so much, Sherlon. Um, As the one who is your vicar until October at St Lawrence Reading, I can give testimony just to quite how much the Lord has changed in you and how much glory and praise are due to his name for what he has done in you. Now, as I said at the start, we're going to make prayer a central element of this service. And so I invite Lindal and Primrose to lead us now in prayer.
2: I don't know about you, but hearing that story of Jesus in the temple always stirs me to prayer. As I hear about him overturning the tables where sacrificial animals were sold and where unjust transactions were routinely carried out, I'm reminded that God's heart is always to overturn injustice. Jesus, you confronted injustice and overturned tables of oppression, greed and exploitation. You spoke up for the poor. You refused to allow consumerism and market forces to bar people's access to the presence of God.
3: Jesus, friend of the poor and the oppressed, we bring you now our prayers for all who are held captive in body, mind or spirit. We pray for those who are imprisoned, whether by physical walls or by their circumstances, for those who are exploited and abused, for those who don't have enough of what they need. Grant us, we pray, the courage to drive out the greed, inequality and injustice, which blight the lives of so many in our world.
2: Jesus, help us to overturn the tables of greed in our society. We pray for leaders and influencers in the world of business, that they will lead with integrity, seeing more than just the bottom line, caring about more than just profit and loss. We pray that companies, whether large or small, will act responsibly in the way they source and trade their products. Refusing to exploit people or creation. We pray for the Church that we will resist the temptations of greed and acquisitiveness, practicing generosity in all our dealings.
3: Jesus, help us to overturn the tables of modern slavery. We pray for men, women, and children living as slaves today, in homes, In businesses, in factories, in sweatshops, and in the sex trade. Give them strength to endure and bring them to a free and hope filled future. We pray for those who traffic in human beings. Unmask their deeds and lead them to a better way of life. Raise up, we pray. People who will work to unpick the seams of this evil trade, that it might be entirely dismantled. Jesus,
2: help us to overturn the tables of exclusion in our society. We pray for those who feel left out, pushed out, locked out. For those who are unable to access what they need. We pray for comfort for those excluded from education or work that solutions will be found which enable them to move forward. We pray for those excluded by reason of their race, background or sexual orientation that you will bring them at last to the safe pasture of loving community. We pray for the church that we will learn to build bridges instead of walls.
3: Jesus Christ, as we overturn the tables of oppression, greed, and exploitation, give us vision for a different kind of world and courage to begin building it.
4: The heavens
5: are turning champion to run his course. It goes for The
4: fear of the Lord
5: is clean and endures forever. So shall I be on
0: Thank you to St. Martin's Voices for leading us in our psalm this morning, Psalm 19. Let's consider then this reading that Sherlon read a moment ago about Jesus going into the temple and turning the tables. Imagine this. Imagine it's a spring day and you are nearly at the end of your journey. This journey has taken a number of days, but it has been well worth it, you know it will be. Your heart is racing because this is the first time you have ever been in these beautiful gates. Today for you isn't just about the experience of visiting the temple, the joy of the whole earth, the temple that was 46 years in construction, but today is about being unburdened from the guilt that you've come with. For the things that you couldn't quite look yourself in the eye for today is about forgiveness for you, about walking free, about leaving behind there those things on the stone table of sacrifice, the burdens that you have been carrying around for too, too long and have been getting in the way everywhere, not least as you come before the face of God so you arrive in jerusalem and you make your way to the temple there are hordes of people it's passover maybe there's a million visitors and you make your way to the temple you have anticipated this moment for years and years and it is even more of a full sensory experience than you have you've expected you've got your money which you've saved for months because you'll need to change your money in order to buy the dove that will be offered up for your sins you're getting closer the chatter stops and the singing rises and rises picked up by every voice the gates are just there in front of you you're nearly there but as you step over the threshold into the outer court Your anticipation collides with unexpected adrenaline. There's shouting, there's a commotion, and there is an intensity with which you could cut a knife. Doves are flapping everywhere. They're free, free from their cages, which are lying open on the floor. There are those who are obviously selling them and other animals who are literally running all over the place. There are overturned tables upended everywhere and men scrabbling around on the ground trying to pick up coins. And there in the middle of the outer court is a man. And this man is commanding all of the attention of everybody. He looks angry. He's the only focus of attention. He has one arm raised high to the sky and the other is pointing and he is letting rip. What on earth? How dare he? Who does he think he is? We pause for a moment. This is Jesus. We know Jesus we know him as friend as the one who understands and welcomes we know it though is easy to make him a domesticated Jesus our own personal Jesus the one who supplements life who's around to make life better and easier but this Jesus this table turning angry revolutionary the one who confronts us and calls us to account and not just us, but all the communities and groups and institutions that bear his name. What do we do with this Jesus who comes to turn over the tables, who makes us uncomfortable with his uncompromising words and ways? This Lent, is Jesus free to do this in your life and my life in his church? back to Jerusalem imagine you're there and you've been looking forward to this moment for the whole of your life almost since you can remember and you're now devastated you look around a scene of devastation what does Jesus think he's doing our friend this you came with your friends to be unburdened to be forgiven But now you can't change your money, so you can't buy a sacrifice because there's nothing there, it's all flown off anyway. And so you're going to leave with the very sin that you came to have forgiven. You will leave burdened. Pause again. What does Jesus think he's doing? You see, this action of Jesus in the temple isn't about bookmarks and CDs and calendars and and notepads on sale at the back of a big church or cathedral, it's not a taste thing. He says he wants these things out of here, but don't they have to be here in order for people to buy them and change their money in order to be able to be forgiven? If these things aren't here, what is the temple for? He's doing an action which gets at the very heart of the temple and what it is for. This is truly what I think Jesus is doing. It's not just an act of protest or defiance. It's prophetic judgment against the sacrificial system. Away with all this. Going back into Jerusalem, you overhear the exchange because this is the only thing that anyone is paying any attention to. You can hardly miss it. And you're frozen to the spot. You hear them ask Jesus, how can you do this? On what authority do you do this? Why should we allow you to do this? Jesus's answers are outrageous. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it. Of course, we know that he was talking about himself, the one bigger than the temple, the one who did everything that the temple did, where heaven touched earth, where sins are forgiven, where every person can meet with God, in Jesus, rather than in a place. And so we realise this, then, action of Jesus isn't to shame or just to call us to account. It's to sh- not even just to show us how much we are find wanting. This is to save us. And why? Why does he want to do this action? Why does he want to save us? Because he himself is the sacrifice that will be offered for our sin. And why does he do this? Because zeal for his house consumes him. Because of his passion for us because of his zeal for us. Because of the fervour of his love, which consumes him so much, he would not be without you or I. So he comes to us, to all of our constructions and offerings, and he turns them over, because only in him have we what we need. Forgiveness, peace, meaning, being right with God and others is only ever found in Jesus. Any tables that Jesus turns over are for our own good. And he does this because of the fire of his love. And so then amidst the disquiet and the disturbance, all the people in Jerusalem that day would have left with their attention and their imagination captured by Jesus. Maybe a few of them make it their intention to find him, to talk with him, and even to follow him. Will you and I do the same? We will now declare our faith in the words of the Creed, led by the community of young people here at Lambeth Palace, the community of St Anselm.
5: I believe in God. The Father, Almighty, creator of
6: heaven and earth.
4: I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary.
1: Suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified.
3: Died and was buried, and descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, he ascended into heaven.
2: He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living
3: and the dead.
5: I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic church.
3: The communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection
2: of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
0: Considering the Lord who comes and turns our tables, we come now to confess our sins. I'll introduce the confession with some words, then please do join in with the words which will appear on the screen. The sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. Let us come to the Lord, who is full of compassion, and acknowledge our transgressions in penitence and faith. A moment as we allow the Spirit of God to search our hearts. God of mercy, we acknowledge that we are all sinners. We turn from the wrong that we have thought and said and done and are mindful of all that we have failed to do. For the sake of Jesus who died for us, forgive us all that is past and help us to live each day in the light of Christ our Lord. Amen. May Almighty God have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In a moment, Lindell and Primrose will lead us in a prayer response as we reflect on Jesus overturning our tables. That he does this as he is the one who brings healing and forgiveness. Before that, I'm delighted that the wonderful Lucy Grimble is going to lead us in a beautiful version of Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. This was recorded in a barn somewhere before lockdown, but I'm delighted that Lucy has given this to us to use this morning as it brings to focus the clear gospel message that the only thing that we have is God's love for us shown in the blood of Jesus.
7: The blood of Jesus.
2: We're going to reflect and pray some more around this idea of Jesus coming to change things, to pour out his grace on us, to set us free, to give us new hope. And I invite you to grab a pen and paper, because we're going to have the opportunity to do some of our praying through drawing and writing, if you'd like to. But first, Primrose is going to read us a
3: poem. Cleansing the temple by Malcolm Guite. Come to your temple here with liberation and overturn these tables of exchange. Restore in me my lost imagination. Begin in me for good, the pure change. Come as you came, an infant with your mother, that innocence may cleanse and claim this ground. Come as you came, a boy who sought his father with questions asked and certain answers found. Come as you came this day, a man in anger. Unleash the lash that drives a pathway through. Face down for me, the fear, the shame, the danger. Teach me again to whom My love is due, break down in me the barricades of death, and tear the veil in two with your last breath.
2: Jesus, in you there is freedom. No matter what has bound us in the past, no matter how our life choices have left us stuck, you come to overturn, to clear out and to make anew. Help us to let go of the things that hold us, things we use to anaesthetise pain, to assuage our boredom, to make us feel more in control. And help us to let you in, You, who love us so much that you chase out all that stops us receiving your love in the deepest parts of ourselves. Come in and set us free. This is the moment when you might like to get your pen and paper and draw an outline of a simple dove, just like the one on the screen. Then write a prayer inside the outline. It might be a prayer for yourself, something you want to be set free from, or it might be a prayer for someone else, someone you know who needs to know that Jesus can set them free. You could write a prayer for your local community, then stick your dove up in the window where passers-by can read your prayer. Why not press pause now and pray as you draw and write.
3: our prayers and praises into one, as our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
0: The Collect for today, the third Sunday of Lent. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, and entered not into glory before he was crucified, Grant mercifully that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know it can be disquieting for us to think of Jesus as the one who brings disruption and change but he does it because he loves us. Maybe today or this week there's a friend that you could talk to about the tables that Jesus might be overturning in you and continue to pray for the tables he is overturning in the church and the world. I'm going to pray a final prayer of blessing on us, trusting in the goodness and the love of God for us. And then we will sing a hymn, Father, hear the prayer we offer, in which we ask for courage and strength to live the way God calls us to live. But first, a blessing. May Christ give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and for whom you pray this day and always. Amen.